Good morning. So today we transition from the first of our two Torah portions to the second of our two Torah portions from Vayakel over to Pekudei. The end of Vayakel talks about the completion of the construction of the various vessels in the Mishkan. And then the beginning of Pekudei starts off with some interesting discussion where Moshe suddenly feels he needs to give an accounting of what happened to all the donations. This hap- particularly happens because obviously the various other things that were donated, they don't really know the quantities, gold, etc. But silver, they knew that everybody had given a half a shekel. And the real question was about this silver because they knew that the, sh- the shekels were used, melted down, and used to make the sockets for all of the wall boards. And it was kikar la'aden, it took one kikar for each one of the adanim, one kikar of silver. And according to their calculations, there should have been an overage of silver. And so the people came to Moshe Rabbeinu, they wanted to know what happened to the extra silver. Now, contrast that, just for purposes of, of perspective, contrast that with the ego. Everybody brought their gold, the men at least, it says a huge amount of gold was brought and they gave all this to Aaron, Aaron threw it into the fire, out came an eagle. Now the Torah is very specific in saying that it was an eagle. The eagle's a calf. How big could a calf be? If it was too much gold, then it wouldn't be a calf, it would be a cow. It would have been a whole cow, right? The Torah the, the doesn't, doesn't describe it as para hazav. The Torah describes it as egel hazav, a calf. So what's the story here? It couldn't have been that much gold, but yet you don't see anywhere that the Bnei Yisrael, the people who sinned at the golden calf, come to Aaron and they say, hey, 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 we give you much more gold than there has to be in this calf. Where's the rest of the gold? There's no complaining. Trying to show you're talking. Don't talk. Make a bracha. You made a bracha? Anyway, so why all of a sudden, when it comes to the Egel Azov, so this is a real statement of human nature. And it really is a statement on our Yetzirah. The Yetzirah will, as long as we are engaged in self-indulgence of any form whatsoever, the Yetzirah will figure out a way to forgive it. It's fine. It's fine. As long as we're having fun. We don't ask any questions. As soon as it becomes a question of devotion, Selflessness, the giving of the Mishkan, the Yitzhahara starts to ask questions. Wait a minute. In other words, if you're engaged in self-indulgence anyway, there's a certain aspect of self-indulgence that's, that you could consider called cheating. Because you're cheating on... on uh, you, if you go beyond your needs, you're already cheating. You're cheating somebody else who has nothing. So once you're engaged in self-indulgence, 
I'm okay, you're okay. So if you're stealing, I'm also stealing. As long as we're all having fun, let's steal gesundheit. But as soon as it becomes a function of doing something that's holy, oh, wait a second. If it's now devotional, if it's now giving, then it has to be pure. Now the Yetzirah to manifest itself in trying to make trouble. But our lesson that we should take from this is make sure your purity is pure. Make sure everything about your purity is done in a very pure way. Make sure you're always exact and very perfect. Make sure you're giving stucco with an open hand and you're thinking in terms of what are the needs of stucco rather than our own personal needs. And by being so giving over the top, Hashem will be giving in return and not be self-indulgent and give us immediately as we be, approach the transition between Purim and Pesach, Adar and Nisan, the Gula Mitzvah Shlem of coming of Mashiach, may it happen now. Amen. L'chaim.